I was trying to like find like a like like a way to start with with an extra and person. And I was all like, "Fuck you!" You can't. I feel like that's really improper and rude. Like, I mean, sure, someone who would be watching the video would be like, "Oh, there's a third person here," but the people listening, they they wouldn't have known until you really just blew up the spot. Give me a sweet intro. Though. What if what if I prepared an introduction? What if I wrote stuff down? What if what if I really wanted to make it make it nice? And you're just like, "No, we're not going to do that." I feel like you don't deserve it anymore. But I do want to do that. I I don't want to do that. So many what ifs. Yeah, no one will ever know now because you ruined it. And I mean, I could go back and edit it, but I'm not I'm not going to. You're just gonna. It's gonna be like, who's that person? Why is there a? I thought this was, uh, this was a two-person affair. Hello, it's a threesome now. See, now you say threesome, and I tried to like write jokes or think of something clever to like have the people on camera, mm -hmm. and I think I realized that I'm just a bad writer because I can only think about sex things. <laughs> and then I went to like interracial sex things and just it's. <laughs> Let's not pull that card this early in the game. What? <laughs> the, the, that's for hour two of the podcast. <laughs> that's for after hours. That's that's actually a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> you get you get a private Snapchat. Only fans exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Man, welcome to the Cypher Podcast. You made it to episode four, and I don't think we were able to do more than three without bringing someone else in. I don't know if that says something about Cap and my relationship, or if just uh, this was just serendipitous that you happened to be in my house today. So I'm like, hey, can you? Maybe put on clothes and I, like turn a microphone on I and like really join us to be here. I don't believe you for a second. I feel like you're actively pained right now being the, here. The truth is that is that uh, Joey came to me last week and he said, "Hey, I'm getting a little bored of our podcast. <laughs> I need a uh, need to find a way to spice things up. I I think we should uh, I think we should see other people. I think we should have an open podcast. This is like a thruples therapy." R slash dead podcasts. Can you, <laughs> can you, I don't know if you can do any therapy to like help us fix our relationship or if you're just like here to, to distract us, but, but thank you for, for spending time with us. I haven't even established if I'm getting paid for this yet or not. Oh no, this is, I don't know. I know that you're kind of like new, relatively new in working in esports, yeah. but pay is like a thing that you just don't really. Yeah. This I, is what's called exposure. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, ti caster now i get uh -huh. paid for appearances now right yeah and so was uh lumi was a ti caster what happened to that Pyrian was uh Pyrian's a bad example Pyrian was a <laughs> ti panelist yeah and now he's written a book uh, and he gets probably paid to show up and sign that book nigma was a ti panelist really there was a analyst called nigma at oh, too. He was a Nebula, panelist. Nebula, Nigma. I think oh, yeah. I'm thinking of like Nigma, Nigma No Name. Yeah, that's like a YouTuber, like, like a YouTuber. Right? Sorry, sorry. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ne Nebula. That's the one. Talk. I mean, I guess if you want to talk about YouTubers who found their way to bumble under a TI panel, joining us today <laughs> is Tsunami. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure to have you crash our, our setup and join people us in my house. have long demanded that I do a podcast. Is that true? Is that yeah. because people are like, oh, your voice sounds yeah. like podcastable. Yeah. That's exactly it. Why you want something to fall asleep to it. Right. Sort of deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, why don't you just like invest in maybe an ASMR stream if you don't want to do a podcast? If I... You just scratch ever, your beard against the microphone. If I ever made a Patreon, my goal was to do ASMR furry porn. And just corner the entire Patreon market. 
Damn. That yeah. has to exist. This guy's good. It has to. That has to already and exist. If not, then I just gave away my best business plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Dota stuff. It's not production stuff. No, it's no, like, no. hey, guys, the free market is underserved. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why are we here? Why am I here? I, I, I think uh, because, uh, because of the exposure. We already went there. This is this is how this I mean. Is, I'm giving you exposure. Right are now. you doing that? Yeah, this is a symbiotic Tommy, exposure. I, I don't even respect this podcast a little bit more. We get at least a hundred downloads across all platforms. Okay, all right. I think it's yeah. I listened I to the first two. Was that because so I begged you to, or on your own free will? No, you actually were very shocked that I did, and even more so shocked when I gave critiques. I feel like you give notes so you on. You are everything. here as a therapist. You are here to help our podcast. Yeah. All right. What What's the feedback? Um, for, Hit me with the cri- the harsh critics. For episode one and two, it was more like an interview show. I think okay. you need to ask more questions to him, even though he's a painfully uninteresting person. He occasionally that's, has some insight. That's. I feel like I didn't bring you here to attack so, me, but okay. <laughs> I feel like that's that's hostile coming from a therapist. It has to be a two way street of conversation. Oh, okay. So I wasn't attending to Joey's needs yeah. as much, and that's why he hasn't been as receptive. Everyone, yeah. It's all about communication. So, Joey, how was your day? It, I mean, it was fine. It's, it's really smoky in Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. bothering my lungs a little bit. I know that, like, it's a... Uh, that's it's a... Uh, so we've got the non-Dota conversation settled down, but he also has Dota thoughts that he may want to share with you. That's... <laughs> I, I think that's, that's where you're wrong. I'm trying to suppress those as much as possible. The more that I can talk about the fire outside, my computer's not working, you being here is like... It really helps save me for the fact that I couldn't tell you everyone who won the qualifiers. Yeah, I think our LA traffic conversation came after Joey told me that he hadn't played Dota in six months. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of good feedback on that, though. Apparently, people were very interested, and apparently, someone does like listening to that. People actually left us a review on iTunes, Ooh. and I was scared because I, I pitched at the end of the last episode that I that I would give you one to read. Oh, and right. I and I thought in my head, no one's gonna do this. <laughs> and I'm like, I, so then what do we do? Do we either just pretend like it didn't happen? Okay. But now we have just astroturf it and make your own review. <laughs> I wow. See, not not that that like introduced illegitimacy. To everyone this. Like, thought that. Like everyone. No one thought that. I, that I to everyone. Yeah. See, no one thought that. It's real. And now everyone's is, gonna be like, oh, you made it up. This is why I'm here. I'm here to give the outsider's perspective. To introduce chaos. I'm in an echo chamber right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret this. In, <laughs> I, I don't know if I already regret it. But it, so, so I, I did. I, I wrote it down for you. Our, our okay. first iTunes review cap. Someone appreciated us enough to do this. Oh, yeah. This was definitely written by you. No, it wasn't. You can't feed <laughs> into the narrative. Best Dota podcast. Where have you been all my life? From Dookie Anime, five stars. I would have not named myself Dookie. Dookie that's exactly anime. why that's the name. It's a real person. So you have plausible. That's a real anime. Per- Thank you, Dookie Anime. I would love to see I... what kind of Reddit you subscribe to. Yeah, I was wondering that too. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very interesting cross section of. Uh, of interest, yeah. Dookie and anime. I want to. I want to up the game though. If anyone wants to leave us another review, I will physically send them something in the mail. Oh. I don't know what it is. I don't have something yet. But like, 
that that's a big carrot on a stick. I'll I'll package it up myself. I'll ship it hopefully to the United States. But anywhere, just that's keep the positive comments coming. I think that we uh, we already have more reviews and likes than like a Sheever and Kyle's podcast. So that's like one that we're stepping over. Right in the anecdotes. <laughs> now that, another podcast that <laughs> went several episodes and then died. Then then, then, then we're gonna co- we're gonna come after position six next. And then I'll oh, call dude, out. I'm eating position six. I'll be honest. I've been I've been listening to that podcast. I can be more European if that helps. It might. He has a, he has a <laughs> can you do an accent? background? <laughs> he has a stand-up background. A stand-up I can't. Background. I can't do accents. And I took a improv class. I think that's a requirement for living in LA. But and I know he's able to write jokes. So fuck. <laughs> I need. Yo, I need Dan, to... if you're out there and you're listening to the show right now, if you want to move to LA and start a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> do not. Do not. I, I've cornered the capitalist market. Do not take this away from me. Um, oh. That being said, I did listen to a lot of Position Six for both for both of you. I'm like, yeah. hey, uh, how do I do a podcast? I should probably listen to Dan. So thank you. That's and why you to your show was so interview centric for the first two episodes. I, I mean, um, or I just come from a background of listening to talk radio and I don't know how to talk about anything else. So I'm just like, uh, 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 jokes, uh, mm. uh, Dota, Dota. But luckily, hopefully, I don't have to just fill the air with uh, with nonsense because you're here and we can quasi interview you and ask you about nonsense yeah i i had just casted a great deal of the qualifiers for the first set of dpc 2019 2020 events you're doing uh southeast asia and china for the uh major and minor qualifiers right correct and we mainly primarily stuck to southeast asia because the casting trio that we had was me lyrical and ninja boogie how is ninja boogie by the way i'm scared that he's gonna take my job because <laughs> i had witnessed other pro players step onto the mic from like summits and ti's past and they can kind of stumble their way through panels aside from like the the best of the best like the pbds and the no tails and the mm-hmm. seps you can do all of it but for casts usually things get like a little too hectic i suppose like whenever i ask them a question then they'll get like super deep in the woods about it but ninja boogie was really good at dumbing it down and every single time i asked a question i was like oh i don't have to translate anything because usually that's my responsibility mm-hmm. as like the middleman it's be like take it from the most nitty-gritty and then make it translatable to the layman and he just he just did everything for me we had this conversation right was this a uh, conversation we had at like uh, MDL? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Where it's like, it's really hard to come into Dota and be a professional analyst right now because there's always that lurking shadow kind of over you constantly that a pro player or multiple pro players is going to come in and just take your job. But Ninja Boogie didn't even have like a broadcast background. Like he doesn't yeah. stream. <laughs> He, his most exposure to the Western audience, I suppose, is just doing interviews because he, his English is excellent. Mm -hmm. And so whenever his Southeast Asia teams needed a Western representative, he was the face. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, you know, I can handle that. But, but he also knows how to cast Dota. Dude, pro players are so terrifying. Thank, thank God for Valve and, and like them continually upping TI every yeah, year and increasing right? the amount of money. So these pro players are like, ah, just one more year. You know, maybe I, OG, thank God for OG. You know, they yeah. get a TI. Everybody's like, Seb? That guy was garbage. He was a retired player. Maybe I could do that still. And everyone got this fresh round of hope 
that they would still make it in their pro player careers and uh, have not quit and gone to broadcasting. At, at the same time, now that the the two time seal has been broken, mm -hmm. a lot of them are like, oh well. Now I can just like wait until TI, I guess. What do I need to do the every single DPC event for? Yeah, I can just, you know, watch a no tail and Thompson cast, right? Instead yeah. of like listening to some professional Dota caster, like, ugh. Just just listen to the pro players, right? You don't need job security. It's a slippery slope because he's also the same age as me. So usually I'm like, oh, well, you know, if you're much younger, then surely you'll find another career paths. <laughs> but he's uh he's he's in the sun setting just at the same time that I am. The real scary part is the the players who haven't made millions of dollars and could go do whatever they want for the rest of their life. The the real scary part is uh, the players who have done pretty well for themselves but really have not cemented, you know, themselves financially for mm -hmm. the rest of them their lives and they actually have to do something for a living for a while. That's the, you know, Kyle was honestly, that was the perfect storm, you know, like relatively popular and known, but also simultaneously dreadfully unsuccessful, you know, like that's the perfect <laughs> storm to make somebody who wants to become a commentator, you know, <laughs> it's, I, I, I always think about, you know, what are a lot of these players going to be doing when they're not playing Dota anymore? And it seems like the ones who could be commentators or could have a production background or could work behind the scenes at other esports events have something going for them. But it also seems like that's few and far between. Like, there's so many other people who are like, you know, what are they going to do when they're 30? I, I'm, I'm morbidly curious. I want to be able to do like a... Like, uh, what's, what's the, uh, where are they now? Like an MTV rock and roll, where are they oh, now? Right, right. But like with Anna in 20 years, is he just going to be like, I mean, he's probably a bad example. Kills to have like a yeah, mansion in Anna's Australia example, and he'll be fine. A better one. I X Mike 88. Oh. Where is he now? Oh. Uh, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of players out there who, yeah, like, thank God Dota is big and you can make a lot of money out of it because because they need a day job <laughs> they yeah. might eventually need a day job because whether it's like uh the like thankfully dota is a team game so a lot of these guys like learn the social cues going into it by mm -hmm. being a dota player but like initially when you meet them when they're first starting their dota careers like no real social skills <laughs> very likely they dropped out of college to pursue playing professionally so they don't have any sort of like education that they can go on to do something so they they don't even have life skills many of the time they have managers and coaches fulfilling all of their daily needs that they don't need to worry about wait how do i make spaghetti my laundry is dirty i'm hungry <laughs> yeah all those things just get taken care of food how do i get from the airport to the hotel i don't know i just follow my manager <laughs> <Some point. laughs> at point a eventually i get to point b yeah managers should have like those uh, you know those leashes they put kids on at disneyland yeah just to like strap one on sumail and be like, come speaking, on come with me that always happens how would you describe your world social skills tsunami they're pretty high. They're pretty high? Yeah. So because you're – a lot of these people who are coming into Dota like started there and might have to transition into like other work later. But mm -hmm. you're kind of actively doing the exact opposite right now. Yeah, I'm reversing the process. So is that you're, – you're like – you're the example of the opposite. Is that, a, is that a scary like, oh, hey, I have like an established life that is very comfortable and now let me go do something that I want to do but – may not pan out in five years ten years yeah because i'm also worried about how much of my current life i have to unlearn because i can see why dota players fall into the trap of just not having to worry like i uh 
like my my i i very similarly will start out at point a end up at point b because i don't know the languages of many countries that i visit and people are you know trying to figure out where i am and then i have handlers whenever we get to events being like hey uh you know show up here and here at this and this time and then there's like makeup and hair people and producers and stuff like that and so much of the independence that i thought would be useful in this world is not useful because i want to do things myself and people are like what do you no don't make decisions we make the decisions for you yeah you just listen you follow yeah exactly your talent just like be happy just, right. just sit there just just get the makeup we pay you to look pretty and they're not getting their money's worth with me have you gotten to a point where you appreciate the makeup oh yeah whenever yeah. i tell have you gone home and like bought your own sephora set now not yet although he has capitalist has <laughs> oh i've got i've got my own set because my girlfriend does makeup okay and, I, and I know from her Excuses. how bad the makeup artists are <laughs> at these sort of just things. be complacent like very that. unhygienic and so i want to be able to do my own stuff so you do your own makeup at I, events hey I, I am going to learn how to do my own makeup for this season my girlfriend already has like the whole kit she's gonna send with me <laughs> i'm gonna learn how to do my own that makeup. feels like also a nice relationship bonding experience yeah yeah <laughs> like, hey honey let me let me show you how to do your eyes yeah, I think it'll probably be nice. Whenever I tell like my my real life friends about what it's like working at events, the thing that always impresses them the most is hair and makeup, because that's the kind of thing that Hollywood, is, that that's the that's the biggest uh, I guess overlap between Hollywood and esports is that people do your hair and makeup. The rest of it, like whatever you know, showing up on camera, you can do that on local access. But hair and makeup, that's big leagues. The difference between hair and makeup is huge. Like, look at us now. <laughs> yes. No, actually, at Midas Mode, we obviously it was a much smaller scale event. Uh -huh. And then uh, that was also the first time that many Western viewers who had seen me at TI saw me in real life. And they were like, what's wrong with your eyes? Why do you have such big bags under your eyes? <laughs> like, this is what it's like. This is the esports life. <laughs> when you're working like the 13th Yeah, I was Midas on the China <laughs> ship and stuff like that. I'm like, how are you going to do me like that, Why man? Why do you look so tired? <laughs> yeah. And obviously, oh, you are that short. Hey, so <laughs> I, I, I nearly thought that's where okay. we were going. <laughs> I didn't realize you were that short. Hey, Tsunami, nice to meet you. Uh, you look like shit. Also, wow, you should get some platform. Forms. Can I get an autograph? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, I've, I I was watching a lot of your stuff at TI, and I and and I liked that uh, you leaned into the, yeah. the being short thing you really quickly because it, it became very apparent that uh, <laughs> someone didn't give you an apple box at one point in time, and now you're just a very short human. Yeah, they're they like, wow, Shiver's so tall in tsunami. Whew. They couldn't really decide what to do with it because they were like, um, is no one else short? It's do they not know what to do? Me fogged. and fogged. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought there were, oh, and Annie Droid, formerly. But uh, I, I remember her, yeah. she had the picture of her, Sheever, Owen, and Slacks, and she was like <laughs> half their size. But yeah, and then I guess Blitz is like in the middle ground between all the giants and yeah. me and Fogged. Yeah. But everyone else is just behemoths. So if you want to cast Dota at all, you should just be... Dude, like 511 purge gave me like, like a, a classic purge response and i was just like man why everyone's in the scene is so tall and he was like yeah well taller people are generally more confident and i think to work in esports you need to have that kind of confidence and i was just like yeah i guess 
don't that know. is such a first thing to say. I know, right? But what does that say? What does that say about you? That yeah, you have, like short you, 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 like you're over, you like... overcome whatever <laughs> you know downsides you have genetically speaking, and. <laughs> Uh, typically, we're also more uh, genetically superior. Yeah. That, that leads to more success. I mean, the, people like us more. The we're blue eyes thinking, just you know? naturally show up better on camera. Blonde this hair, is going to a eyes. really weird place. Like, yeah, just just be tall, have blonde I hair and blue eyes. And just... We'd pull the race card later on in the show, and here we are. <laughs> now you can make your now race That's, that's two <laughs> different race jokes. Okay, let me let me, let me me warm up to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you went to your first... I mean, you didn't go to your first day. You worked your first I worked TI. First, yeah. Did and that kind of happened out of the blue. Yeah. What, I, what were you thinking in like early? When 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 did you actually get the invite? Maybe a month and a half before the event. So then, what were you thinking two months before TI? I was thinking I had like a thirty-five to forty percent chance of it happening. The, the circumstances surrounding it would be if Valve would either lean in more on English talent because it's a China TI and appease the Western audience, or they would be like, it's a China TI, China's the main broadcast, we don't need that many English casters. And lucky for me, it went in the favor of more English. There were 31 total talent invites, I believe, which is probably like five or six more than previous TIs. And I'm one of the five or six that got in. <laughs> was, uh, first of all, what was your first thought when you got the message? Who, who sent you the message? Was it the email from uh, PGL? Yeah, it was the email from okay. PGL. What was your thought process once you got the invite? I uh, immediately prior to it, I had gotten followed on Twitter by the PGL person, oh, and I was okay, like, okay. "What's well, that's, that's peculiar." <laughs> and I had I had actually messaged you, Leaf Eater. You're really doxing that we have a friendship at this point. Why else would I be here <laughs> in your home? <laughs> After the qualifiers have ended in a state that I don't live in. Okay. You really wanted to be on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, the that's podcast. also a good... I'm like, yeah, I, I just I just shield a lot of money. I heard you're hot, a hot commodity. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got you a manager. I flew you so out. I am getting paid then. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had messaged him, and I was just like, hey, this. I just got followed on Twitter. And he was just like... I don't even know what you said. I can probably pull it up. I think yeah. I was very negative about it. Yeah, you were very negative. I'm like, and you, I was like, I'm like you really should act. Please, please yeah, exactly. I was like, thank you for grounding me in this entire incredibly tumultuous situation that I'm in. <laughs> and then, like, 30 minutes later, I got the email, and I didn't even, I didn't even open it. I just saw the notification on my phone, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Who did you tell first? Him because okay. it, it was at like uh, it was three at in the three in the morning, yeah, and not very nobody else yeah, exactly. was awake, so you you know you yeah. go down your top ten friends list, yeah, down to number fourteen, <laughs> and and the people who aren't in the scene because I all you whenever whenever sure. people are invited to TI, no one else knows who's invited to TI, yeah. which to me seems baffling that like you don't know who you can talk to about anything because you don't want to be rude and be like, dude, did you make it to TI? And they're like, no, the invites went out. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to be that person to be like, hey, are you invited to the party? Yeah. What, what party? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... And so I needed someone who was at least far removed enough, but still... And available acquainted. at 3 a.m. Yeah. And so that, I really just... I, I checked very specific boxes to yeah, get that information. Yeah, really like doing that. The L.A. traffic thing, you know, go to people who are in L.A. going through traffic. We were just very specific. Uh, yeah, I'm a very specific need. Um, yeah, yeah. You were at work when you got the information, right? Work. So you were like trying to do your day job and you're mm -hmm. like, well, this changes a lot of things. Yeah. My mind was racing quite a bit because then I also needed to broach the topic of I'm going to not be here at work for a month. 
how do I do that? <laughs> how did you do that? I don't know, but somehow I don't remember. Somehow I still have a job. Are you, so you're still employed? I'm still employed. And they still, they, they just let you come back? Or do, you, do you just come and go as you please now? Like, yeah. what kind of relationship do you have? Do you have, like, a real human job? Like, you go work normal hours and go make paint? Well, normal hours is figurative. I work a night shift, so I work from, like, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. But it is it is a job. I clock in. I have a lunch. I have a co-workers. Co-workers, yes. That sounds a lot like uh, my experience because you were doing the night shift. So mm -hmm. did you get like the adrenaline of like, holy shit, you know, I'm I'm making it just in the middle. Of, oh yeah, in the middle yeah. of the night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I legit went out in the parking lot and ran around in circles for like <laughs> five minutes. So when and I, then uh, I was like, I'm super out of shape. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Your mind's racing. You want to be yeah. able to run more, but the body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When uh, when I first, when Toby first messaged me on Skype asking me if I wanted to move to Germany mm -hmm. and take a job at Join Dota, uh, I was in the middle of a uh, ship lo uh, loading a ship, um, which is like anywhere from twelve to sixteen hour shift, and it'll go from so I'll do the ten thirty a.m. to two thirty a.m. shift, and I got it about midnight. From Ooh, okay. he woke up that you know that day and messaged me, and I'm just sitting there in my forklift going, oh. "Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, can I do this? Can I actually get out of the military? Can I can I leave you know my life here and and go move to Germany and everything?" And it was just like I was pumped up with adrenaline. Yes, while still yeah, you're you're loading you're operating heavy machinery. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we were on break. Actually, I remember we were on break at that point in time, so I was just laying oh, there in man. my forklift doing nothing. But you had to go back. To eventually work, and you're like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh. Yes, then I can definitely echo that sentiment. That's <laughs> it's it's so interesting. I feel like I don't hear a lot about what people do before Dota. So just to be like, oh hey, like you know, oh, yeah. I drive a forklift, or oh hey, I make I like make paint, or oh hey, that's true. I, you're forklift trained, then. I am. Does that license like last for a long time, or do you have, have to go no re? Because <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> I have some pallets I need to go move around. And I was just curious if you could. I, I could definitely do that. Legally, but I could pull it up. Sure, I have driven so many hours of forklift. Wow. Well, okay. Day. Expert point. forklift. Again, sixteen-hour shifts. You know, like. <laughs> Do you, you get to a point where you're like really tired and you still manage to pull it off and you're half sleep that's going on. So. Mm. Uh, how many boxes do you move in like a 16 hour shift? Is it just literally nonstop, like just picking up and then moving stuff and then picking up and moving stuff? Yeah, and pretty much. Like uh, a truck drives in, you go and you take it out of the, these. Uh, <clears throat> there's like these rows in a warehouse where uh -huh. a certain product is and you go to that row, pick up that product, put it on the truck. And then you Rinse wait, and repeat. You wait a minute, and another truck drives in. You just keep doing that. And were they, over and over were they all at yeah. ground level, or you'd have to elevate the forks? No, you had to elevate the forks yeah. pretty much as high as they could go. Ooh. And these were not boxes. They were, um, it was at an industrial paper factory. So it was these gigantic round uh, paper. Oh, reams. Yeah. And they weigh, like, literally tons. So, and you're using a vacuum truck. So it's just suction cups, basically. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, the uh, cardboard paper on the top isn't very well fitted or something, or you don't get a perfect seal, and those will drop, and they're dropping like 16 feet. It's like a bomb goes off. It just explodes <laughs> oh in front of your truck. It's a super loud noise. It freaks you out for a while. But No, thank you. <laughs> so my, my question is, Neil, mm -hmm. what kind of person do you have to be to have a, a great degree, do have a very secure 
job. Obviously, they really like you there because they're keeping you on even after mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. leaving for weeks at a Being time. a bad employee. <laughs> so you have a stable career. You have a future in that career. Everything's going for you. And you're like, ah, screw it. My life's e pretty boring. I just want to go into the chaos that is esports and not have any idea what's going to be going on. You know. Five years down the line, that's a joke. Six months down the line, you have no idea what's going on. What what kind of person do you have to be to say, I'm going to give all that away to go into esports? Well, that's why I had thought that I was just fetishizing esports for a long time. <laughs> and that's why I've had one foot in and one foot out mm -hmm. for this long. Because I don't think many other casters maintain their day job this late in the their career, I suppose. Or after they had like made it to like DPC events or TI and stuff like that, I I wonder if that's because a lot of them are not as content as you are too. Like they're looking to get out, whereas like you are more content. Yeah, in a, in a Slacks Outback Steakhouse situation, out of peaced out ages ago. <laughs> but I I had always enjoyed the creative work as opposed to academic work, mm -hmm. and so. Once I realized that esports is all that it's cracked up to be, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just something that I was romanticizing, then the more and more events that I do, the more and more time that, like, I, I had actually, uh, after TI, and I, I had like a month at home, and then I went to Midas mode, it, it didn't feel like I was going to meet other coworkers. It finally felt that I was going to hang out with friends mm -hmm. at Midas mode, and I didn't have to like put on a face. And be like, like me, because I'm a new person, and <laughs> I, you, you have to interact with me. We're paid to interact with each other. <laughs> we have to smile with each other, and and that's the way you felt at MDL Disneyland, right? right? It was just like all these people. Exactly. I don't really know them. You know, they probably don't really know of me so mm -hmm. much, and so I just have to get them to to like me, in a right? Because we have to like each other and work on panel together. Yeah, yeah. it's a social game, and I mean, you know, if. The established people don't like you. They can also tell MDL or Valve or anyone else. Also like, true. You know, hey, I don't like working with him. And if you get a lot of people who don't want to work with you, then, like, no one's going to hire you, right? Yeah. So you have to make friends in an environment where it's like, how do I – I mean, I guess we all have Dota in common. I guess we all are, like, forced to be together. So that makes it a little bit easier. But you still have to be amicable enough. Yeah. And so based off of just, like, career prospects, obviously this is infinitely – more sketchy than <laughs> my current day job but at the same time i i've exposed myself to enough of it that i'm i'm willing to throw away my old life mm. and i don't really have any like permanent attachments to my old life you know i can i can make paint in another 20 years down the line i imagine but dota 2 who knows what's gonna happen so if i don't do it now then it's never gonna happen i'd love to be a fly on the wall in that resume or that interview where you're like what's trying to go back to paint <laughs> like, so sir why do you have a 10-year gap with nothing in between like i just are you familiar with twitch.tv <laughs> It's kind of like YouTube, but it's live. Yes. Like, we played video games. I talked about them. Like, okay, so you want to make paint again? Mm -hmm. Like, sure. Hopefully that is a conversation that never happens. <laughs> if it does, I want to be does. there. does. In that world, it's uh, video games are all, like, virtual reality. And yeah, basically, video true, game stars are basically athletes because they, you know, are running and oh, jumping around. I like and this stuff future. Anyway, so. <laughs> you, you talked about how you went from TI, had a little break, and you did Midas mode. Mm -hmm. And now you did the qualifiers for... Uh, the next set of major minors correct is is it weird that you went from like 
maybe getting one or two, three events a year to like suddenly being booked solid. Yeah, but I still look at it like every event that I do is the last event that I'll ever do because I, I've i seen what has happened to other casters who I'm like, wow, this guy's doing great and they did a great job at TI. And then for various circumstances, you just never really see them that frequently. Like last year, Lyrical did not get that many events mm -hmm. and he did a fantastic job at TI. And it's just luck of the draw that either a TO that you had had a previous relationship doesn't get any events, correct, doesn't have any DPC events for that year, or maybe their budgets are tighter, or or maybe their budgets are more. Maybe Lyrical was a, a comparatively cheaper caster, and then they had more budgets for higher tier casters. Toby did not do that many events last year either. And so I am thankful for this wave of good fortune that has come really just in 2019, because like 2018... 2017 i don't think i had anything really hmm. maybe it's lower bracket finals maybe it's cursed maybe yeah <laughs> yeah think about it ld Mont, oh lower bracket finals gabe and trent lower bracket finals after after they did that finals didn't really get events who, who did it this year that was toby but i think that's because he's getting grand finals for ti10 because it's ti10 do people care about yeah. that like oh or is it TIX? I mean, you you riddle me what Casey's doing at Valve now, Tix. I yeah. am that that that's a diversion, but I am very interested. Ah. Um, I only have speculation. I have no Everyone real information because you know Valve historically. We've even talked about this a little bit before. Is that uh they they hire like programmers yeah, or people programmers only pretty much or people who are hyper specific in their field and the best at it mm -hmm. so like there's a reason why they can hire um god i'm forgetting the music guy's name shit mark the tim larkin tim larkin there's a reason why they hire tim larkin because he's the best yeah there's a reason why they hire the graphics people they do who might not program but like make their show graphics or uh jay pinkerton writers yeah there's a but and now this almost sounds like I'm nagging Casey to be like, well, what's she the best at? <laughs> but because Casey is remarkably good at her job, and I'm sure that she's also a great producer behind the scenes. But they only produce one show a year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they produce one show a year. What are they going to – are they doing a full year build to TI-10? God, I hope where, so. Where she works on it all year long? I would – I mean, I presume they have the money to do that. She's probably getting a nice salary. There's another Valve employee. I would love for the product if there was just a producer for the product all year long. That seems like a smart thing to do. It honestly might have been cheaper to hire her for the full year <laughs> rather than pay her very expensive TV rates. And she also has become a more and more valuable commodity what? every single year so i'm sure her rates have gone up i think the tweet specifically said full-time also so yes and so like i i, I pulled much, unlike unlike a paint job i don't believe that she can just go back to being a news anchor after the year is up oh someone will almost certainly hire her to go back on camera right anytime yeah i suppose that's true i i but she had like a lot of seniority at her old job also she does and she's also just like locally famous right um, the, the tweet was, after seven years of working events for one of my favorite companies, this month I officially joined Valve full-time. Maybe that favorite company will work out next time. Just kidding. It's this one. It's this one. I don't, I don't, th that, that, did she, she need like a copy editor? Like, I don't know what she's meaning by the tweet. Like, like what, what, can, can you, uh, can you unpack that for me? Maybe I, that favorite company will work out next time. Just kidding. It's this one. 
she likes Valve. I think she's just like being sarcastic. Yeah, maybe she should throw a zinger at Valve. Yeah, uh, well, because that's because uh, that's what Casey does. Because mm-hmm. Casey is uh, good enough at her job that she's able to make jokes at very powerful people that the rest of us cannot do. <laughs> you sound almost jealous. <laughs> Let me just say, I will be not making any uh, any jokes about. Uh, well, I can make Gabe Newell jokes. Can we talk about the geopolitical climate in uh, Southeast Asia yeah. <laughs> right now? No? No? Okay, okay, I'll move on. Um, yeah, that's a punch-up, right? <laughs> Casey's still punching up. But it's yeah. – I'm, I'm very ex- – I'm excited for her. I'm happy for her. Looking at the Twitter replies to her comment is like an all-star list of, of Dota yeah. personalities. I saw, I saw a lot of verified check marks in there. It's crazy to see the re- responses to that tweet because it's just like everyone is there. Um but I, I'm I'm curious. I I just want to know what what the plan to have her do is. Is it a bunch of TI ten work? I hope so. Probably. I I think they really want TI ten to go off uh, very successfully. I think it's um, it's something that they have not done a great job of in previous TIs. Is um, really laying out the groundwork and planning for it for. Uh, a long time i think there are a lot of in previous ti's a lot of uh moving pieces a lot of changing ideas that happen who's going to be working at uh like on ti uh, changes from year to year you know because like that's the way the valve structure is you kind of go to whatever projects you want to do so mm-hmm. that's why it seems like uh if you look at ti and like the format or not, not the game format but like the uh production stuff that that format changes and things you don't know why, that's probably why, because the people behind the scenes have changed. So it'll be interesting. Maybe she'll be in a role that's like overseeing um MDL's production. Or not MDL, PGL's production mm. for TI. Like maybe she's gonna be like that main liaison between the two. Um Yeah, I mean they they also hired um They also hired uh, Sarah, I believe, who has been the sort of go-to Valve person. She's the uh, main producer. She's the person that you hear in your ear all the time. Uh, I believe they also hired her. So, At the same time, like just recently? Uh, I don't know if it was this year or maybe last year. That's, I can't actually remember. It's cool to see them get more production people in-house because, like, I just assume that Valve has infinite money, so the more money that they can spend <laughs> on talent, uh, or not, like, you know, uh, uh, on, on production talent, people behind the scenes to work on the events and make it bigger, then maybe they can, you know, throw some Counter-Strike events in there, too. I was curious about that. I was wondering if they would ever do a CSGO sort of uh, TI that CSGO scene has always asked for, right? If they would ever do something like that, uh, and that would obviously mean... There would be more work for Casey and other production people that they hire. Yeah, which would make more sense to just pay for them in the first place if they can go work other events and do CSGO stuff. I know that, I mean, I would love that. I'm a big Counter-Strike fan myself. And yeah. it is, it, it feels weird because I do kind of, I, I, I'm more into the Dota scene, but I follow the Counter-Strike scene so closely and I care about Counter-Strike so much that it's like, I don't feel the same vitriol that they all do against Dota because I also get to reap the benefits of the international. But yeah. it would be really cool if they can just spread the wealth a little bit. They deserve something too. And maybe Casey can help make that happen. I don't know what Val's plans are. I'm just I'm very interested in what Casey's gonna yeah, do. This is all speculation. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone really knows. It's unprecedented. I think the only other community person that had as much of a presence as Casey was probably Bruno. <laughs> 
and they eventually yeah. hired him. So. Yeah, but he was a programmer. Yeah, okay. but yeah, but Bruno like, did he work on that Dota? No, he did Dota Academy. He did Dota Academy. He but so yeah, so he can he can go into Valve with like the the production or the the programming knowledge. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I want to quickly touch on last time we talked about a lot of the player roster player shuffle stuff mm-hmm. it wasn't all panned out by the end of episode three there were still people figuring out what they were doing and now two weeks later still not completely panned out but we do have some more big pieces put together because the the qualifiers happened so people kind of had a deadline of what to do and i think the 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 biggest news that's been people talking about is that sumail did indeed make a team with his brother Yuar, CCNC, Quincy Crew. And then um, they played the qualifier together. They qualified for the minor, not the major. And now he left. Yep. That's correct. <laughs> that that, is. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, watching the matchmaking system right now has meant that in NA, it's been a lot of five stacking. And oftentimes you just see these teams uh, as a five stack playing their pubs. And Quincy Crew owned every single pub that I ever watched of them in it. They just would constantly own their pubs. Then they go to the majors, though, major qualifiers, and they're not one of the three slots for North American. We had three slots, and Quincy Crew did not get in one of them. And obviously, Samael is, I think, one of the ultimate competitors in Dota 2, and uh, I don't think he was very happy with the results. Um, Jack even said something, the manager of that team, uh, Quincy Crew, even said something to that regard and that uh, they could see why uh, Sumail did win a TI and apparently no bad blood or anything. Uh, he might even stand in for them for uh, the minor, I believe. Yeah, the question, I guess, is is it extenuating circumstances that has him leaving, such as contracts and buyouts, or is it legitimately just be- because I think they the Jack's tweet implied like legal issues. I don't know if that was uh, just... I, I think I can speak to that. Um, as, as far as I know, I believe that it, it literally just wasn't really a good fit. Mm, okay. um, you know, That's like Yuar was forced to, to go into the offlane. Um, I don't think Sumail was probably happy with their results and stuff. You know, like Sumail is somebody who could be on almost any tier one team. So, um, you know, he's he's probably just looking for something a little bit better, something that he feels a little bit more comfortable with. The uh legal and and buyout troubles uh i don't think really impacted where that team was going to go i think i think there was uh solutions in place that if this team wanted to stay together they would have yeah money solves those problems right yeah. Sumail might not might have enough of that to really fix those problems <laughs> if, if if they arise it's interesting to see it happen so quickly though because i think traditionally we see a lot of teams that while they might not feel they're perfect try and stick it out a little bit longer or like maybe the next event will be better yeah I mean, because here still, was they still quick. made it to a minor also yeah they, they didn't get knocked I mean, out they could theoretically make it to the major yes but even after qualifying after doing the hard work i suppose they were just like eh. it's also probably uh like think about the position samel has been in his entire pro playing career he joined eg and this is the first time that he's ever been outside of that team, right? Like, he has had kind of a core group that he's worked with the entire time. He won a TI with them. He's 
like I would guess he's probably not used to uh, not having Phil around. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, he's probably not used to failing so much. He's probably not used to being in this chaotic environment of the team rosters. He probably maybe hasn't learned the same lessons uh, that other teams had about staying together. Or maybe he's also just in a position where he doesn't need to be a player. Right, like he doesn't need to be one of those guys. Like I have to make this minor. Uh, I want to be able to go to the major because if I make top three, I go to TI. Like Samel's probably going to TI anyway, much like Anna. Right? Yeah. He's one of those players that is so singularly skillful that you can take a break or whatever. Or you can. You don't have to stick with a team uh, in order to try and make it to TI because at the end of the year, you're probably on a roster that's going there. So. Yeah, he's in a very privileged position, so he can kind of do whatever he wants. But uh, now the rest of that team is just like, we need an offlaner, I guess. How do we find one? <laughs> do you just like put a post up on Craigslist and you're like looking for offlaner? Do you just like make a Reddit thread? You're like, hey guys, uh, do anyone want to apply? Like, what do, what do they do? North American or better offer, please. <laughs> that no is, low balls. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much what they're stooping to at this point is, is tweeting out that they need an offlaner. And they're taking applications. That is almost to the point that they've gotten to because they are really struggling finding somebody because North America does not have a wealth of offlaners. Is that because the offlaning position is typically the one that has the least pool, the smallest pool of people to begin with? Or North America is particularly bad for offlaners? Or what, what, what puts them in that predicament? Uh, well, I can go into the psychology of it a little bit. <laughs> Let's be As a North like, American offlane player? North, North American players really like to be the guy. They like to be the hero, the guy who hits the creeps and wins the game at the end of the day. And offlane uh, has typically not been that. Uh, so there's a little bit of reason for that regard. I think offlaners is like the transition from one to two is like uh, relatively fluid. The transition from four to five is relatively fluid. Where you go from a core into an offlane, there's always a bumpy road. And we're seeing a lot of people trying that this season. Resolution, Ramses, and Yawar was doing it. Um, Not anymore. In the past, all of them have had some really rough times when trying to make that transition. So uh, I think it's just a role that North America has a small player pool. And therefore, the, the one role that is probably the most uh, specific and least picked is obviously going to be a bit lacking it's fair you talked about resolution uh i don't think we knew this last time but he joined vp not even jstorm knew it last time <laughs> <laughs> how, how did that break down why was that a surprise for everyone uh i'm pretty sure I, as far as i know it was like they had already put out an announcement being like rezo's on jstorm everybody and then like Three days later, it was, VP was like, Rezo's on VP, everybody. <laughs> I should have claimed him. Just be like, hey, guys, Rezo's, <laughs> I'm making a team. Everyone should just do it, right? Just, just if that's how it works. Just be like, hey, Resolution's on my team. He's play, he played offlane. The VP didn't qualify for the major. They mm. qualified for the minor. Correct. Is that disappointing? I would imagine so. But at the same time, who really knows how much Solo and no one were planning on playing this first event? Hmm. Because the roster, aside from Rezo, which as last minute as the shuffle was, it kind of implies that they were like, we'll take off the first event like everyone else. And then something happened. And then they were like, okay, let's just get whoever's around. Which <laughs> say, Hey guys, you want to play a qualifier? Yeah. Okay, I guess. And Rezo and uh, no one and Solo have enough clout that you can just be like, 
Do you know who we are? You want to play with us? Okay. I, I do kind of want to talk about the JSTORM to VP thing. Just because, like, if you know Rezo and you know his history, like, this is a guy who's really good at being the guy to hit creeps and win the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's had that kind of attitude. He likes to be that person. I'm not saying you can't change over time. I know Rezo has grown and learned. Uh, I've talked to him about it a little bit. And, you know, he said he's learned a lot of lessons from previous years. But him moving to three position and that whole JSTORM into VP thing definitely makes me think that there that he was not happy being on that team. And there was something that, that was not going right there. And he was willing to take any ticket to get <laughs> out of that team into somewhere else. I mean... Uh, I mean, being on VP organization is also just, that's that's a dream for a lot of players. I think. Especially people, I mean, he's Ukrainian, I believe. So yeah. people from that region, like VP is just, I mean, VP and Navi, I guess, are the gold standard yeah. across all esports for I, being over there. And also, just one more thing. He left CIS because he thought it was a toxic region. <laughs> I believe he said that he would never go back. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but he went to North America and he learned something about toxicity. Let me tell you. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> he learned what a real toxic region is like, what a real bad region is like, and uh, he decided to go back. Where do you go to if you don't want to be in a toxic region then? Uh, you go to Europe or yeah, Europe. Southeast Asia. Okay. Even Southeast Asia. People always say like, oh, Southeast Asia, like uh, they always talk about, um, you know, the pubs being really bad. But at the high level, pubs are actually really good in Southeast Asia because hmm. all those players are treating it like pretty seriously. Uh, even if they're, they are young and that's where the toxicity comes from in the like the lower levels, the highest level, they're treating it pretty seriously. And Southeast Asia players also don't really throw. They'll, they'll be toxic in chat and stuff, but they don't feet down mid you know they'll still try yeah. if you if you mute everyone you would never know how toxic yeah. a southeast asia game could theoretically be yeah but nothing can save you from north america no matter how high your apm is your courier is going to go down mid at some point yeah <laughs> i guess i'm happy that i that i'm not at those level games yeah it's uh it's a double-edged sword to be that good Oh, that's <laughs> calm down what can I say? hold hold on a second oof um other things that uh, finally came out of the shelf were that uh, we still don't have a home for Kuroki, but we do have a home for what was the old Team Liquid, what was the old Alliance. Mm -hmm. They are officially the new Team Liquid team. Which was immensely confusing as a caster because... <laughs> the, because Alliance was still playing yeah, and Team Liquid was playing the, and they the swapped. Final, exactly. The finals for the first slot for the major was Liquid versus Alliance. And I just had to, uh, like, and, and at one point, the overlays on the draft were reversed, which <laughs> just uh, compounded the issue even more. And so I was, uh, like, I was like, oh, well, there goes Insania. I guess Alliance is doing, nope, wait, no, I guess Liquid is winning this fight. <laughs> so, yeah, and then, and then the new Alliance beat the old Alliance for the first slot. So that was a an amusing turn of events. But oh, yeah, and Reddit laughed that yes, one up. For oh. sure. The amount of comments that, that's what you get for leaving Alliance. That's what you the, the, Kelly and Loda send their regards and stuff like I ended the oh. cast being like, Liquid left Alliance for this. I Liquid is left, Alliance is right. You're you're really stoking the flames of that. I Mickey mean, you're, is you're counting for, his cash. I got on my, my soapbox for, for last episode. I won't get back up on that again, but let me just say 
I fucking hate Alliance fans. <laughs> fuck, fuck Alliance fans right now, honestly. <laughs> like, like, again, you have no idea any inside information about anything that went on. And everyone's just going to be the most, like, dogmatic approach possible. And, like, you know, beating their chest. Ooh, 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 me team, me alliance. <laughs> I think, come on. I think back in the day, a lot of TOs used to be like, man, Bulldog's taking all of our alliance viewers. And now it's like a containment zone. Yeah, all, the, all the diehards are in the Bulldog chat. And all the people actually watching the game are in the actual tournament chat. And Dude, it reminds me when Na'Vi first, like, oh, actually became God, good yeah. again. You know, like, the Na'Vi fans were out in force. Now they came back like cicadas. They're really like, out in yeah. force, you know? <laughs> uh... uh Alliance, who won the European qualifiers, they're, they weren't, like, really a pre-existing team. They're kind of like a new hodgepodge of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we have a Limp and Hanskin back on that team who have been in and out at least six or seven times at this point. I think that might be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Nico Baby is is the is the people who a lot of people are talking about who joined Alliance for this new iteration. Yeah, and casting with uh, Ninja Boogie. Who he, played with Nico? Correct. And on Mineski during TI, he was thoroughly impressed. Like, I had asked him one question that was like, who do you think uh, you had the most compatibility with in lane? That, like, out of all your pro playing career. And he, I think he said, mm, Cuckoo and Nico Baby. Or, or it may have, I don't remember if it was Cuckoo, but it was some Southeast Asian player and Nico Baby. And he did not have that much exposure to Nico Baby. And he was immensely fond of him, uh, thoroughly impressed with his carry capabilities. And despite being prison Artur, or however you want to dub him, as <laughs> looking kind of like... I wasn't uh, going to go there. I was thinking about something to say, but then I'm like, I'll, I'll just leave it on the table. Based off of the appearance, you'd think he would be the quintessential toxic CIS player. But he was apparently very friendly and very compatible with the Mineski team, despite being, I guess, an import. He had spent time on Clutch Gamers, which is also a Southeast Asian team, but at the same time, it's still a CIS player. I think you gotta stop judging people with neck tattoos, Neil. Listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, okay. that's, a, that's, a, that's a strong... I gave you an out. That was, that's a strong stance to take. Whatever. Let, let me just um, say, I cut a, a player from my fantasy football team because he had a neck tattoo. Oh, that's true. We actually discussed this. <laughs> I, and then I was like, <laughs> would you not play Nico Baby on your fantasy in, in the TI? And he was like, no, no. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, do, I wouldn't. Do you not listen to Post Malone? <laughs> I listen to some post, uh, but no. I don't watch his music videos <laughs> out of principle. God damn it! Maybe you can reel this back and go somewhere that might be less uh, uh, potentially cancel culture. -y. He is a um, he is a player. <laughs> build a roster around. Let me just say, I, I think uh, this he was alliance, he was one of the hottest uh, selections. I think yeah. after Ti, for yeah. his stock went way up. Yeah, on yeah. TI. Even as someone who was just watching Ti as a viewer who doesn't know all the behind the scenes stuff, mm -hmm. even the the talk that the casters and the panel were doing about him, they're like, this guy, this guy is getting a big boost. I'd say it was probably equivalent to Rezo Empire stand-in levels mm -hmm. of of stock raising yeah so i mean super happy for him alliance again you know they won the qualifiers for europe mm -hmm. they're going to to uh oh the china major Chengdu. 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 thank you thank you um there's were there any teams how how did you like the way that we did the qualifiers now that they're over was you know, was it merging the major merging and minor? because before we last year we had two different qualifiers one for each major one for each minor mm -hmm. but now it's just one big lump sum and while the actual organization of the tournament maybe maybe confusing are you thinking that that Valve went down the right path with this choice yes 
Um, I, I think it's a little hard to tell with this first round of qualifiers because the major and minor, it was the same people running the qualifiers, mm -hmm. right? MDL basically just, you know, gave it to BTS and said, hey, cover the qualifiers. Your headache. You're doing the minor anyway, so uh, we'll just hire you to do it. And that's what MDL usually does, right? Uh, I think it'll be more interesting to tell when two tournament organizers are covering it and they don't collaborate in that regard. I hope every tournament organizer honestly just hires BTS. Uh, I think a hub is nice. I think it creates a uh, a bit of continuity. It uh, allows us to be able to explore a storyline all the way through, all those sort of things. But um, I also hate having a best of five for the minor team. That was peculiar. That was the, that was the dumbest thing. The, the the grand finals for the minor qualifier was a best of five, and literally every other match in the qualifier was a best of three, including the major grand finals. So in like huh. North America, right, you'd have three best of threes that determine, each one determining one of the slots to go to the major, which is the bigger tournament. Mm -hmm. These are better teams. And then you go to the minor qualifier, and you have the fourth and fifth best team play a best of five. Like I, that, that best I, I know you want to end the tournament on a big flourish, the qualifier on a big flourish, but like that is not the way to do it. Yeah, I wonder if could they even change that at that point, or are these like locked and set in stone rules. I, I thought part of it was that it was throwing the minor a bone that they get more airtime. That mm. because technically the major is four days qualifiers, the minor is two days qualifiers. And I guess if you do a best of five, you kind of squeeze out a little bit more broadcast. If I was thinking about where to put that best of five, I'd probably put it on the bubble between who gets the major and the minor, like the last team for the major. Yeah. Instead of the last yeah. team for the minor. Because I feel like that's, we already know who the best teams are, mm -hmm. whatever. We already know who's going to kind of go to the minor, like maybe not go. But the most exciting game to me is the team that might go to the major. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not producing these events. It's uh, I, I, I watched a little bit of the qualifiers, and I liked that it was a hub setup. Right. It, it, it does make it feel more homely. And the broadcast logistics, I can agree, may get a little bit hairy because I imagine that ESL will not hire BTS. They do everything internally for the most yeah. part. Yeah, I, they won't. <laughs> so uh, that could get a little bit confusing. But in terms of just not having two whole... No, it, it would have been four sets of open qualifiers last year, right? Because it was... Qual one, open qual one, open qual two for the major. Yeah, and then it was open qual one, open qual two for the minor. Yeah. So I think compressing all that into a unified event was a good idea. And again, the BO five thing, the scheduling, all that stuff can be ironed out. But unifying the two quals, I think, was definitely a step in the right direction. Like most Valve things, they do some big new thing. A lot of it is not super well thought out, and then the next year they fix it to be a little bit better, yeah. and so on and so forth. And Woo! Iteration. So, so you know, it's it's improving every year. I think. Were there teams that you were surprised didn't make the major, or the minor? Like any teams that you were surprised that did really well, or did anything come out of the qualifiers that were just generally unexpected for you? Uh, NA Quincy Crew not making it to the major was definitely a surprise. Because Sumail is just that highly regarded. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't have too much faith in fighting pandas, I believe is now what they're called. The E. They don't want to co-opt whatever maybe racist thing they were doing? Yeah, probably not. They should ask the cost about that. At the same time, Envy, <laughs> Envy is trying to get free logos for his team instead of commissioning artists. So I, Dude, oh, There's no that way really that Jackie Mao has not made enough money. Right. And he can he can pay some. I know. <laughs> you can get a good artist for a day rate and not even spend that much money. Like, give someone $300, dude. Yeah. You can afford $300. You probably made $300 in stream donations in the time it took us to record this. Like, 
Yeah, so... Or, like, spread it out. You have five players on your team. Hey, everybody, I need you to Venmo me 60 bucks so we can have a team logo. <laughs> I don't know if I can swing that. He's got to use that money to buy a new account anyway. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's funny. Yeah, so um, them for NA, I would say Navi not making it to anything in CIS was a surprise. And VP only making it to the minor was also a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, I think China played out the way I was expecting. Southeast Asia did. All, all the other regions did, pretty much. Yeah, I like seeing... Uh... I like seeing Ad Finum back in the minor system oh, yeah. under their original banner. I can tell you Dakota was thrilled about that because the Greeks were amazing at the last summit that they were at. Yeah, and anyone who has a personality. I feel like when I just when I look at the major page now after the qualifiers or ever, there's a lot of logos that I'm not used to seeing. And I think that might be a result of like, you know, the top three or four teams just not playing True. Uh, in the qualifiers at all. So, you know, like for China, we have Acer. Which Aster. is with Aster, Aster, yeah, yeah. Ooster, but Aster, which is the new SCCC team. Exactly. So SCCC is back on land. So you're like, oh, he, he homes a team again, I guess. Or yeah. like, who are positive guys? Or why are there multiple teams in the qualifiers who don't have a logo right now on Liquipedia? And Beast Coast is like, are they a real organization? Question mark. Like, oh, there's, there's a lot of. Beast Coast made out like a bandit. I'm super happy for Beast Coast because they were picking up the most hated rosters. <laughs> it was first an EE stack, then it was an IX Mike stack, and everyone was like, man. Fuck Beast Coast. And now they've got possibly the most beloved roster in Dota 2 right now with the Anvorgesa South American Path to Glory. Yeah, I, I, I'm so interested in Beast Coast just as like an organization because it seems like the longer we go on, either teams are the teams that we know that are established, the, the cornerstones, the EGs, or the TLs, or the Alliance, or these stacks that identify as Quincy Crew or Flying Pandas or like these people who are just on their own and then maybe they'll get picked up by a big organization, something shifts. But Beast Coast feels like one of the first people in a while that are trying to just start a legitimate organization. Yeah, and they're, they're actually multi-game. Not yeah. just Dota, right? Because they Dota. do fighting games, I believe. Yeah. Correct. So I'm happy for them. I hope that they have a business plan that, like, can last a little bit longer because just trying to kick off an esports team is no easy process. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of money. So hopefully, I'm also happy for Beast Coast and Crest. Their Crest, their uh, mascot, Crest Burger. <laughs> you're gonna go. You're gonna get a Crest Burger shirt. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you're not going to rock that crop top? <laughs> let, me say, let me just say, their their mascot looks... Uh, it, it gives me real big furry vibes, man. <laughs> it gives me real big furry vibes. That's they, all I want to say. Um, the f I don't know how I made it two furry references now in, in one short span, but uh, maybe that is a community they're waiting for a team to champion. Mm. We need our first Sonic Fox in uh, Dota 2. Yeah. I'd be into it. Yeah. I, I'd be into anyone who even has half the personality that Sonic Fox yeah. does, for better or for worse. Agreed. So that's like, you know, something something to help out with. Uh, last point on the, the qualifier system in general. Is there a reason to be worried for the teams who decided to not participate? Or are they just going to, like, automatically get invited to play in the next set of qualifiers because of who they are? And then they'll just qualify and it'll be like nothing happened. Yeah, that's a good question, especially regarding the slot allocations, because Valve specifically confiscated a slot from Europe because despite Europe doing amazing in top ATI, all the amazing teams are not participating. And so depending on when and where, like a Kuro stack will return, like will they still be a European team? Who knows? Maybe. But I don't know if they will have that kind of free pass to be like, oh yeah, it's Kuro. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot they have to worry about, honestly, because I think Valve has always been this kind of way where they keep their finger on the pulse 
right? And just think about before when they did the invites for TI. They, they literally just invited people. No one had any criteria. <laughs> right? That was always Valve saying like, hey, we do pay attention to the esports scene. Uh, we know. And there was like information behind the scenes, like from teams. They knew if they would usually, uh, they usually knew if they were getting invited. They usually had an idea that like, hey, this final tournament, if you place really well, like you might be getting invited sort of deal. Uh, but it was always like sort of backdoor. And, and so Valve likes to be able to show that like, hey, we keep up with this sort of things. I think the, the Europe slot is a perfect example of that. And I think with these teams come back, they'll probably be Valve will shift things around for them just like they've always kind of done. Yeah. Also, I mean, you you want your biggest, most popular teams to be playing your yeah. game too. So there, Valve does have a vested interest, for better or for worse, of have, making sure that OG plays in a tournament or making sure that Kiroki plays in a tournament because it's just going to get more eyeballs on the game. And then uh, it's all about money and capitalism. Uh. Um, <laughs> but but that that is also kind of the reality of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I don't have I don't have much. I think that I think that we did most of it. Already. What did you? Uh, I mean, I can. <laughs> so tell me about your beard routine. I've already had that interview question like ten different times at this point. Let me look up. I can look up your Wikipedia page and be like, "What questions can I ask you if I know nothing about you?" <laughs> be like, "Hey, so you uh, make paint? I guess cool. <laughs> you have a, a beard. With a, I should. I want to edit your, your Wikipedia. Your Again. Wikipedia to put a. Uh, Again, you man. Don't. Uh, After vandalizing at one time. <laughs> I no. You only noticed that because I told you. Uh, no one else because you you shoved me into one of your ARGs and then I got a bunch of angry discord messages about like I actively try to not think about who who was the artist <laughs> I'm sorry I'm losing this conversation <laughs> what did you do to his wikipedia page he vandalized it what did you shamelessly I've, I've I've added fun facts to multiple people's wikipedia pages have you touched mine I've I not touched mine, yours to be honest. I haven't touched yours okay I now maybe I have an I, idea okay, <laughs> give, me, give me some give me some ideas you don't have necessarily have to but name that, names but like what are some things you put into people's wikipedia pages one time I wrote uh uh, a long list for Blitz's Wikipedia page about his favorite fast food. <laughs> Based off that of is so on brand for him. <laughs> yeah. but, but was it accurate or was it just you just? It was it? semi-accurate. It, there was actually a long paragraph about how he likes the wings at BJ's. Okay, is that true? I have no no idea. What? I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> how would he know that and really you know not know that? <laughs> if you had said Wingstop, then 100. That's his favorite fast food. Yeah, I know that he likes Wingstop. I know that he just likes wings in general. Yeah. We had a long conversation once about how uh, Blitz didn't want to take donations, but he did want to take like like food gift cards from his stream. <laughs> so like there was a period doctors of time. without borders Wingstop. <laughs> there was a period of time where he was getting paid in a in a bj's gift cards nice. from people on stream so he just went to bj's a lot and uh that that inspired me to just go to liquipedia and be like no one reads this right i'll just write some fun stuff what's, what's another one you've done i've i've vandalized neil's liquipedia in okay. in ways that um i don't they're like still actively there and people yes. believe a lot of it yes. so i don't i don't want to i just i just i don't want to reveal what they all are Neil, what 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 did he put in there that's not real he says that i in my paint job i make dota references when naming the paints <laughs> like in, if it was a purple paint i would name it wex purple or if there was a red i would name it silencer red do you get the name the paints no <laughs> 
Yeah, well. well, it, it, it sounds you more good. I know. Yeah. Well, it does sound very glamour. And I actually told him that I was like, if and when I do leave my paint job, I will make a label that says Wex Purple <laughs> because I have access to the label maker. <laughs> and so just as a commemorative going away gift to myself. Nice. And then you can people, more people will believe in the interviews. Yeah. I, I just want to create a bunch of false information and chaos for everyone so that everyone who's doing an interview for Join Dota or whatever outlet is just like, hey, so I heard that you really like Wingstop. Yeah, there's going to be a Nardwar, an esports Nardwar at some point who does this deep level research and the guy's going to be like, what? No, that's not true at all. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I, I also don't condone vandalizing Wikipedia, but it can be remarkably fun sometimes, mm. so... Uh, speaking of Blitz, I did want to uh, just talk about this real quick, uh, real quick, which was that I will uh, Blitz is going to be coaching Liquid. Is this that year? I didn't know, but is that like news? Uh, it got leaked somewhere, but do I have I to? Think it's do like, I have to like? Do I have to like wait to? <laughs> he hasn't actually said else? anything yet, uh -oh. but I, I think he's going to say something like presumably by the time this is out. Um, this is supposed so to go up like tomorrow. Hit upload. <laughs> that's right. That's, now. that's fine. It, uh, <laughs> so he's going to be coaching Liquid, and as a result, we he is still contracted to some events, but Blitz and I will not be casting for the majority of the season this year. Um, and as a result, I'm going to be making a duo with Trent, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I've always really liked casting with Trent when I've gotten the opportunity to do so. And I think it'll be a, a fun duo. So Trent is someone who I've never met, but I've just always assumed is cool. Yeah. Good assumption. So <laughs> he's a good dude. He's a good dude. So then it is a extended long-term plan for Bliss to coach for the 2019-2020 DPC season. Uh, yeah, I assume so. I think that he is committed to casting to Liquid more so than... Coaching for Liquid. Uh, coaching for Liquid, sorry. Uh, <laughs> when the TI6 uh, era happened where he was coaching Liquid and also casting with me, one of his biggest regrets was um, not being there for Liquid at TI. Um, so I don't think he wants to make that same mistake again. Uh, whether or not they make it to TI, we'll see. But uh, I think he's in it for the long haul. And that's part of the reason that uh, that we're not going to be casting together for this season. It just it, it's it's like hard, right? For Ti, when it comes to invites, you yeah. want to have an established pairing, and so you want to be able to have something a consistent product to show Valve before that. Yeah, and this is going to be good. Yeah, exactly. So if it's like Blitz is committed to coaching to Liquid, and he's there at Ti, can't cast with me, then you know. Valve doesn't really know. I can I can literally cast with anybody. I don't think I really have uh, a pair that won't work. But it's better to show that you have that product in the first place and to work on it. So, so will you just like, will you go do casual pub casting with Trent? Will you go like have phone conversations? Like what what's the dude, process of like working your way up Trent, to that dude watches like replays yeah. and uh, like live streams of high level pubs? Like yeah, you can I, keep up uh, with that. Because Blitz is not that much of a workaholic. <laughs> no, but but Blitz has been Blitz is really good at Dota. Has a long history of 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 playing and analyzing Dota. Has a lot of pro player connections. So for me, I always felt like I wanted in a duo somebody that I respected uh, their opinion about Dota. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to feel like the play by play caster who knew more than his analyst. Uh, Trent obviously doesn't play high level Dota. I still really respect his opinion because of how much he grinds, 
right? So, mm. you know, he, even though he's honestly, he's probably dog shit at Dota. Like, <laughs> but we're but already he, building a fun dynamic. But he watches so much. Like I, I knew like in the first year of like Trent kind of being a, a person, my first interactions with him, I knew right away. I was like, this guy really follows the scene and really pays attention and is always up to date. So to, to date. Uh, if you check Dat Dota caster stats, Trent is the English caster with the most ticketed games to yeah. his name. Yeah. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll probably cast some qualifiers. We'll probably do some online stuff together uh, as a result of that, just to kind of get in the flow. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be nice to going back to, to grinding a little bit, you know? You can maybe like a... Reignite a little bit of passion. Be like, I gotta, I gotta really work hard at it again. Like you can't, just, yeah. you can't just like rest on any laurels. You're like, I gotta prove again that I can do this with someone else who people don't expect me with. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a hard thing for Dota player and Dota talent once you sort of make it up to the top to maintain that motivation to like continue to work to be the best. Yeah, um, it's probably the same as like any field too. Like if you want to yeah. extrapolate that beyond Dota, like when once you start to get to that apex, it's just hard to be like, well, now what? I can kind of coast. But that's also toxic, too, because you want to, you know, the best people still work to get better. Yeah. So it, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you two do some stuff together. I'm excited to see Blitz coach Team Liquid. As I, I'm literally, I mean, like, I'm literally wearing a Team Liquid hat right now. So it, it's, a, it's a thing that uh, I, I'm excited for. I'm excited for that team. I'm excited to see oh, yeah. Blitz on it. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since he coached Team Liquid. Now, has he done any coaching since then? Uh, no, he, he coached Team Liquid and then he coached uh, Digital Chaos that turned into that's oh, right. Right. Yes, that's right. a team that right. did not make it to TI. So hopefully his success rate is a little bit. <laughs> also, that TI was the, the Liquid TI, the one they won. Oh, yeah. So he left Liquid to coach Planet Odd. And obviously, he would have <laughs> gone out like a bandit if he had just kept coaching Liquid. But, you know... Um, but yeah, hopefully it goes better. I'll I'll be honest. This is the one year I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really honest with this to, in every broadcast. I am backing Liquid this year. I I, I have biased not, caster. Right? Like like all the biased casting stuff. Like it's such an old trope and stuff. But this is the one year that I feel like I'm fully <laughs> embracing this. You know, like I don't care about most of these guys, but those guys I care about mostly because I feel like they haven't made it yet. They didn't really make the money at TI, you know? We're on the cusp. They walked away with the 50K, not the 500K. Yeah. So it's like, it's an underdog team. I want them to do well. Let's just coaching them. It's like, I, I can't. You have I too many friends now to, to yeah. not. I'm just going to clip out the point of you saying that you don't care about most of them and then use that to promote the show. Like, Capitalist cares about no total people. News at 7. <laughs> also, fuck Alliance. <laughs> there's, there's your Reddit headline. <laughs> oh, shit. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming here. Thanks for doing this, Neil. Uh, tsunami. Of course. I appreciate that. I should use your, your, your not human name. That you want to move to LA? We can make this a regular thing. Uh, I've been casually trying casually to get... is a very light way of putting it. I've been casually trying to get Tsunami to move to LA for three years. Three years? About, it's about been a while. Years. About three years, yeah. Literally every single Wait, time. Wait, how long like... do you guys know each other? <laughs> 24, 15? Something like I that. gave you the tweet. What yeah. day was the tweet? I don't remember. We argue about we this We met sometimes. by a tweet. So you were, but way before you were a Dota personality, basically. No, you were it was kind of it was uh, it was after I released "Be the Better Carry." Right. So it was like basically I had done the writing and then I did the YouTube, and having such a prominent Reddit presence, mm -hmm. he obviously had to take note of me. 
and then I just recognize. I, I just think I have a good uh, I have a good eye for talent. He likes having a stable of people that he can farm out work to. Mm-hmm. That's and so why we're all here right now. <laughs> it's a really weird way to put it. I'm trying to get you jobs. Yeah. But I'm not getting paid for this. But not this. But think of everything else this that I've exposure for never. the next job. The right. tournament organizer is going to come up to you. Hey, I saw you on Side Pole Podcast. You're pretty good, kid. You know, and then, then you get hired. <laughs> really fingers crossed. crossed. Then you can come back to Leaf Feeder and say, thank it's, true. You. it's all because of you. I will. One day, one day he will. It'll be fine. I'll, 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 I just want to be the kingmaker. I'll be like, I did that. It's a good place to be. <laughs> I, I did that. <laughs> but, uh,. Do you have anything you want to uh, plug? That's things people do at the other shows. This is also immediately when people skip the next episode on their podcast player, so. Instagram.com slash Tsunami643. Trying to get on the gram more. What's your TikTok strategy? Well, I'm actually super pissed that Vine died because I I was on the ground floor of Vine. I was making Dota Vines and then Vine imploded somehow. And now... Out of respect for Vine, I will not have a tip talk. That's that's a very old man perspective. It is. You you should be on the ground floor of. Go I, to you're TikTok. right. You're right. I I'm just being belligerent about it. Do follow tsunami. What's your Twitter? It's all the same. Tsunami six four three. What's the numbers from? There's literally no significance. I okay. made I made a AOL instant messenger account. I thought I could get tsunami, and then it was like <laughs> you can't have tsunami, but you can have tsunami six four three, and I was like, I guess I have no choice in the matter. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. In my pub game, sometimes I go as nine eight nine. No, no significance nice. whatsoever. Okay, Same numbers basically. But uh, do follow tsunami on Twitter, YouTube. on uh, Instagram. Do you have any other platforms? YouTube, Twitch. Okay, all follow all of those, and oh, it's wow. important. <laughs> because the more followers you have on social media Ooh. as a you're not in a relationship, right? I'm not as a single man. Oh I like what this the is. The better it is, the ease at which you are able to slide into DM. This is true. It's important, guys. Verified. That's just good, that's just good life advice. Next step is verified on Twitter. Then then I'm golden. <laughs> Everyone just then they get the message pop up. Yeah. Tsunami sent you a message. Then it's this me and Grande <laughs> riding to the top. <laughs> Oh man, thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with me again, Cap. Coming to my home now. I promise we're gonna get back to the studio. It's gonna look good. I think we're we're gonna get uh Jesus Christ. I'm gonna have to cut that too. Why am I having a long pause? I think we're gonna get Charlie to come. We'll be back yeah. in the studio. Ooh. We'll hang out. It'll look a little bit nicer. Not like there's a bunch of bricks of controller. Ask him us. why Mike tagged up as him during the calls. Mm. I'm curious to find that story out. Unless if you already have the answer. Hey, Charlie can, okay. Charlie okay, can okay, answer right. it. Oh, you, I will not want to miss that episode. A cliffhanger. Not for, the, not for that part, but for the fact that I know Charlie is ready to drop some, oh. some fire. I think he's, he's in a better position now that he doesn't have to worry as much about his connection. That's nice. I always like someone who can be a loose cannon. To talk a little more freely about stuff. I'm the slightest bit nervous about that episode because I've had a single interaction with him and it was very poor. I think I was super awkward. Ooh. <laughs> tell me. Tell me. Charlie and Charlie's because, uh, just like carries that aura of cool that you're just I, I gotta I don't know if he guy. carries an aura of cool. I think he carries the aura of dad. <laughs> yeah, but like really. a cool dad though like, yeah. maybe, like, maybe like a cool dad like like someone who's like you 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 know can be very stern and wag of like you don't want them to wag a finger at you mm. so what'd you do wrong i don't think i i think i just introduced myself in a, like a non-funny manner okay and i'm like that joke didn't land i'm sorry um nice to meet you mm. and charlie just did one of those like okay <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, the, the sort of like the slightly flippant, you know, slightly letting you know, like, like I don't really care. Well, yeah, like slightly dismissive, and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel good. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Charlie's Charlie's real good at that, but he's a uh, he's a great guy once you get to know him. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So we'll do that. We'll do that soon. Um, you can follow the rest of this. You can watch the podcast in video form on the YouTube's. You can you yeah, can listen. Lighting than last time. It <laughs> that's because the lights. Turned on. I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, you, you can watch the podcast on YouTube. Um, you can listen to it on all the places you listen to it. The Spotify's, the Apple's, the Stitcher's, the what, what have you. Put it on in the car. You Subscribe can, to us on Spotify. That's a that's a big one, right? It just goes right into your Spotify. Goes, you listen to some music. You see a new podcast. Easy. I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify now. Yeah. Almost all of them. So I like Spotify. But if you leave us a review on iTunes, I said this at the top, I will, I'll, I'll mail you something. I'm going to, I'm going to make something and I'll send it directly to Best you. Dota podcast, where have you been all my life from Dookie Anime five stars? That's funny. You don't have to bar. spend any money on chipping because it just goes right back <laughs> here. Doesn't I'm, not, doesn't I'm, not, I'm not making fake uh, reviews. I, I'm going to send you something. Word I don't go. know what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to prove this to, to the <laughs> world. Please leave us a review. I will literally mail you something. I'll pick something and mail you something it'll be a thing i promise um yeah thanks for hanging out i got uh bye you say bye Bye-bye. bye bye